Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome back into the CMB Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 47. Zach, take it away. Tom Glavin. That's it. Episode 47. That's it, right? Yeah. I mean, who Tom, else? Oh, Tom, Tom Glavin of the New York Mets? No, sir. Tommy Glavin of the Atlanta Braves at the new SunTrust Park. There you go. But, but he never played there, but, you know, whatever. I feel like we we would uh, be neglecting the NBA if we don't mention Andre Karolinko. AK-47. Right? Oh, yeah. That's right. That's a good one. AK-47. Rish, you got any 47s? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, actually, I don't. I, I really don't. Tom Glavin's only 47 I know. There you go. That's really all there is, so. Hey, what about hey Rish? What about Valentino Blake? I, I don't know that guy. Antoine yes. Blake played for the Titans. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. All right, this is going to be a great show. So we have Ryan Richard joining us. You're welcome. Rish, how are how are you, Rish? I'm doing fantastic. The combine's coming out. Free agency's coming out. This is the best time of year. <laughs> Rish is our our resident draft expert, and uh, I know he's he's paid attention to the combine and free agency this week. So so Rish is going to give us his insight, right? That's right. Go ahead and get your stock in Slim Jim. It's fantasy football time. There we go. <laughs> Boom. So uh, let's just get the the news and notes, the quick stuff out of the way. Um, we finally have a nice bucket challenge video from Jake. Ooh. Is that right? Zach? Yep, we finally got one. Did you guys get to see it? Did everybody see it? I haven't seen this. Rish? Yeah, Rish hasn't seen it. Zach or Brian, somebody kind of recap what went down this video because it was it was pretty elaborate. Um, yeah, so I uh, let me tell you what I did. I turned on notifications for Jake, and so I wanted to be sure that I saw this, and Winnie got a hold of my phone right about the time that it was supposed to happen. So I quickly had to scramble, take the phone away, which was was not a hit, um, as she was trying to watch some TV show while we were uh, driving in town. But anyways, I finally saw it. He uh, he took he was wearing a Nickelback shirt. He's got a Nickelback shirt on at the beginning, and he takes it off and puts it on a grill, and then he has on the Brandon McManus shirt that I gifted him at the draft this past year. And he uh, puts that on the grill and then he burns it. And then, so he burns both of them. And then what was crazy was he ended the Facebook live video right there and didn't throw the ice bucket on him. I guess he just got too excited about burning the shirts and he forgot. So then he comes live again and, you know, dumps the ice water on him and, uh, so, it it was good. It was a good little show. I thought he did a good job. What do you guys think? Well, it's just it's completely different from last year's uh, video, if you want to call it that, with with Kevin. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the timing of it was different and everything. I don't even know. Can we compare the two? Which one was better? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I, after seeing the last two, I kind of I kind of am leaning towards Brian's idea of doing it at the draft. Um, yeah. I mean, I would, I would kind of be okay with that. <laughs> What's y'all's opinion on that? I, I'm for that. Well, I think it's exciting. Yeah. I know Matt said that. Um, yeah. He he said that he thought that we should keep it how it is because it allows people to be creative with the ways they come up with it. But I kind of think it would be fun to do it at the draft, and we could still do Facebook Live, you know, and and stuff like that. So I don't know. Just a thought. But the other funny thing that happened with that with Jake was it kept – I forgot to turn off the notifications. So every time he posted for the next couple of days, it kept blowing up my phone. And I could not figure out how to turn it off. It was awful. It was uh, it was absolute torture. But finally I figured it out. So, Well, good. Yeah, I, I don't know if you can compare the two. Um, the timing of Jake's was obviously he was um, – he was a little bit more punctual with getting the video out, even though it was a little late to Zach's standards. But I don't know. I, I thought overall it was pretty good. Yeah, it was all right. He ended up wearing a Kemp jersey at the end. I forgot to throw that in there. That's what he had on underneath everything. So total loser. 
that's pretty pretty sad. But um, speaking of our fantasy draft, Zach, the other uh, news and note we have is uh, the pre-draft meeting location. Um, I think we mentioned this uh, maybe at the last pre-draft meeting, um, but the location has changed. So what what can you tell uh, the league about when and where we'll be doing that this year? Yeah, so what we're going to do is uh, we're going to use GoToMeeting. And I don't know if anybody out there has had any, any experience with it, but that's how we're doing the podcast now. So we're going to use GoToMeeting, and uh, basically we'll all be present um, virtually, you know, at the same place. And so that is probably going to be the easiest way for us all to get together instead of making the local guys come out to Camel Ball where there's really no good signal and everything. So this way everybody can um, – use their internet and we'll just do it that way. Yeah, it's a free download on Mac or PC or iPhone or Android. Uh, you can use your iPad, you can use your phone, you can just call in from a landline if you want to. So There's really no excuse for you not to be there. No, none. You can do it from your phone. So, Anyways, that's what we're doing this year. Okay, yeah, Zach, Brian, Rish, does anybody else have any other news or items to, to throw in at the beginning here? I'm pretty good. Nope. I think everybody knows I just want to start getting into the combine and draft talk, so. Yes, yeah. thank you. That's a great transition, Brian. Um, I think the combine officially ended yesterday. It feels like it was it was going on for like seven days. Um, it used to just be like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but this year it went all the way through Monday. It's finally over, but we uh, we learned a lot about some of these prospects. Um, Brian, who was who's probably your favorite? Uh, not necessarily your favorite prospect, but who was the guy you were looking forward to seeing the most, and uh, who came out looking the best to you? Well, it's hard to argue with John Ross and running a four-two-two. I mean, that's that's really really impressive. I mean, obviously, it's the fastest time uh, since CJ. He unfortunately, unfortunately, wasn't wearing Adidas shoes, so he he did not win a private island. Right, uh, and, and yeah, and you were you're still on my, my next point here about about John Ross and and breaking CJ's record. Um, I I feel like it's 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 really impressive, but I'm kind of scared here when I when I see his number four two two speed. Um, it's definitely a nice Ferrari to have in the garage, but I don't know if it, if it means much. Um, have you have you seen the list of players who um, had the top the top ten of all time uh, forty yard dash times? Have you seen this list here? Well, I, I know some of those names on that list, and what you got to think of too is John Ross coming in was probably going to be a first round pick regardless. So when a first round pick runs a four two two, that's even more impressive. Whereas a lot of guys on that list are people that they're just they're track freaks. They're not really football players. Players, where I think John Ross has proven himself to be a football player. doesn't mean I want the Titans to pick him, but I right. think this guy's got a good chance to be Deshaun Jackson. And well, the, just, thing about him, the thing about him, too, was did you see how effortless that 4-2-2 was for him to run? I mean, it, yes. it almost looked like he could push harder. He's, he yeah. said on the Rich Eisen show today, he called in and uh, said that he was cramping up in his calves right before, right when he got down to start running. He said he could feel it in his calves, and he was like, "Not now! You've got to be kidding me!" And uh, so I'm sure he could have gone a little bit faster because he knew that he was about to cramp. Yeah, and the the funniest interview I've seen with him was right after um, Adidas did this promo where if you were wearing Adidas cleats, you'd win a free island. And who knows where the island is, how big it is. Um, but he was wearing Nike, of course. And so someone from the NFL Network asked him, you know, like, you know, do you regret not wearing the Adidas cleats? And uh, he said, well, I can't really swim that well, and I don't have a boat, so nah, I'm good. I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, Nike, Nike probably paid him enough to buy his own island. And this guy is going to be a first-round pick, no doubt, right? No way he slips to the second. Well, I mean, I... Yeah, that was that was before he ran the forty, though. I mean, like Brian right. said, back him up in his statement, one hundred percent. I mean, John Ross has been a mid-round, first-round to late first-round picks, you know, way before the combine. Right, and another guy. This is kind of another storyline that came out of the draft that was really high on people's boards from the start. This guy was rated the number one in a lot of people's minds, the number two defensive prospect, number one 
linebacker Ruben Foster from Alabama was asked to leave the combine after uh, an altercation with the hospital staff. Um, this is a guy that, that I really would like to see slip and fall and go to the Titans. Um, what, what kind of your, you guys just thoughts? Did it? How bad did uh, this incident hurt his um, his his chance of getting drafted high? I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll let Brian say, say some of this too. I was going to say this first, though. As far as Reuben Foster goes in that incident, um, he still doesn't slip out of the top ten. A lot of places had him projected, you know, 15, 18 total, total. I, I can't disagree more, especially after a pro day and he's able to prove himself. It's not going to matter. Um, you know, it wasn't like he had negative drug tests or anything like that. Yeah, some drama. But once he's seen it pro day and everything, this guy, he will not get past the Saints at pick nine. Yeah, everything I've ever heard about him was, you know, how he's had this tough life and a tough background, and he overcame it all, and he's always had a uh, great attitude and work ethic and stuff. And, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's an altercation with the hospital staff, but we don't know anywhere close to all the details about it. Right. Oh, I kind of re reserve judgment on it. I'm sure other teams are going to reserve judgment on it until they hear more. And usually these things die down more than they build up. So I don't think it's going to – I'm with Rich. I don't think it's going to affect his draft status all that much. But uh, in speaking of linebackers, you asked me earlier who are some of the guys that, stand, that stood out to me. And I wanted to mention another linebacker who is very – until this weekend has been very much under the radar – Maybe top second round, maybe bottom of the first, but uh, I think he's going middle of the first now. It's Hassan Reddick from Temple. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you've seen some of the, the measurables and, and some of the, the drills that this guy, uh, the, the speeds uh, that some of the, on some of the drills that this guy had, I mean, he ran something like a 4-1 or, or a 4-5-1 or 4-5-2-40 at like, what is it, 6-1 and 240 pounds, something like that, and, and all of his other, you know, quickness uh, – Drills were really high too, or, or really quick speeds too, and he's got a lot of versatility. He can play inside, can rush the quarterback. He's a guy I really like, and I, honestly, I think might be in play for the Titans at 18 now. If we well, I've seen pick. I've seen Reddick listed as an inside linebacker. I've seen him listed as outside. I've seen him listed as a 4-3-T end. Um, but to me, seeing his speed, he looks like a middle linebacker, chase people sideline to sideline kind of kind of linebacker. Is that kind of what you're seeing, Brian? That's where I would. I mean, that's where I would like the Titans to do with him because you know more than anything else at the, at the middle linebacker position, we need a guy that can cover, and he's definitely right. a guy that's got the athleticism and the speed uh, and the size to to be that guy for us to play to be a three down linebacker. I, I'm going to go yeah, ahead. And I'm, I, I'm sorry. I was going to interject right here, too. By the way, speaking of linebackers, you know, and in, in, in kind of the position we're in right now, uh, the Titans, by the way, currently have the fifth pick. And I know there's, you know, talks of Cook and everything, but I've, I've read a report where it said that the um, Panthers were very much interested in drafting a running back. At that point, a lot of mock drafts have. Um, you know, Cook being picked, but Fournette still being on the board. Any possibility? I'm going to ask you this, Brian and and, and Zach, and and also uh, Pace. If you guys see a possibility, any chance the Titans could trade back from five to eight? Uh, that way, that they could get the the um, pick they need, and that would also open up the possibility of the Titans having a second round pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I don't see moving that. Three spots, I don't think you're going to get the value in return that you'd want. I think you'd have to move back closer to, like, the 10 or 11 spot before you'd get a second-round pick or to kind of make it worth your while. I don't think they'd move back just three. Well, I think if that was the only thing on the table, he would. Uh, John Robinson would certainly be interested in it. Uh, but I would imagine he's more interested in moving back to, like, the 10 to 11 to 12 range. Those guys, those teams there are, are some of the teams that are looking for a quarterback, and maybe they feel that they need to trade up to leapfrog the Jets. Uh, and, you know, I think if you trade down to that range, then you are uh, looking at a second-round pick possibly in play. Yeah, and while we're, while we're talking about the Titans and their offseason moves, it kind of transitions into our next uh, point here. Um, the trade rumor that started, that, you know, developed, I think it was last Thursday, um, of the, the prospect of, of Brandon Cooks being on the trade block for the Saints. Um, it was rumored that the Titans and the Eagles were the two uh, suitors for that trade. 
what what would you say is the kind of the tr trade scenario, uh, Brian or, or Zach or Rish, with with acquiring Brandon Cooks, um, and what's too much for the Titans to give up? Rish, go ahead. Uh, personally, I, I'm okay with that uh, number 18 spot. I mean, I, I, what ideally a lot of Titans fans, I'm sure, would prefer is for us to move that number five pick and just move back and maybe have like a later round pick. We have three third round picks. Um, but I, I absolutely think the uh, value of Cooks is huge. But I also think that he's really kind of hurt his value just over the last couple of days. I don't know if you've kept up with Twitter controversy that he's going through right now, but basically he's in a huge Twitter war with all of his teammates. Uh, a lot of drama going there, so he definitely didn't help his uh, trade value. Uh, but I, I definitely think he's worth the first-round pick for us. He's a proven commodity, and I'd gladly take him. Yeah, based on talent, I would agree. But you know, like you're saying with uh, with the Twitter stuff, uh, and and the fact that he didn't have, you know, he had a game there at the end of the season with zero targets, and yeah. and they the same, and it was a game the Saints scored like 49 points or something like that, and he had zero targets. I just I, I'm starting to wonder what is really going on here. I mean, if his teammates really don't like him and then uh, either Drew Brees isn't throwing him the ball or the coaching staff doesn't like him, what's really going on with this guy? Because everything I remember about him from, from the draft process uh, was that he was, you know, super quick, fast, uh, hardworking receiver who ran great routes, all of this good stuff coming out about him. And it doesn't seem like it's been that way for the last few weeks. Well, here's here's what you can't ignore. So last season, Brandon Cook's stat line, 78 catches, 1,173 yards, and eight touchdowns. I mean, he's got undeniable talent, but I think, you know, Brian Brian makes a good point. You know, there, there's a reason he's on the trade block right now. Um, personally, you know, I, I feel like if, if Russ and Webster were still calling the shots and were still the Titans GM, he would um, reach and, and give away far too much. But Cook's, to me, just right now kind of doesn't really seem like a John Robinson guy. And if even if he were a J. Rob guy, I, I don't see them trading unless they get to, unless there's a scenario where they can swap, you know, the fifth for the eleventh, and get Cooks. That's the only way I'll, I'll, I see it getting done. What are your thoughts on that, Rish? The, well, I mean, the rumors as of today, the, of course, and that's just what they are is rumors. Is the Titans were the front runner for Brandon Cooks? But like I said, you know, you know how that is. Every year we go through these these little junk sites that kind of that articles, but uh, the latest news was was that the Titans have taken the lead uh, with the best offer and that the Eagles are kind of slowly pulling away from offers. So, you know, sticking with the Titans, what's, I mean, some of these are obvious, and so outside of cornerback, what's the biggest position of need that the Titans have? Would you, what would you guys say? Uh, Brian, go ahead, buddy. Uh, position of need. I mean, yeah, you definitely have to say we need some help in uh, not just at corner, but in the secondary in general and at wide receiver. But I, and and I think John Robinson is certainly going to address those two areas, whether it's in free agency and certainly at some point through the draft too. But I think the two positions that if we could really get an upgrade at would put us over the top would be at safety and at middle linebacker. Yes, thank yeah. you. And, and I think and you're starting to see that just now in the last few days in some of these mock drafts. You're seeing a lot of people, more people, saying that Jamal Adams, from safety from LSU, is a good choice for our pick at number five. And I love that guy. I think he's great, and I think he's a perfect fit next to Kevin Byard. But I also think, you know, and I mentioned Hassan Reddick earlier as a guy who, who could be there at 18. You know, if we can fill our other needs, our main needs, cornerback and wide receiver through free agency, then I think we can, you know, I think we can look at some of these, uh, what I, I think are elite talents in the draft at, at those two other positions that I mentioned. Yeah, and, and to me, inside linebacker is, is a huge need. Outside of the secondary, inside linebacker, as well as, as finding um, finding Delaney Walker's replacement tight end. I think that's that's a huge, not necessarily a huge immediate need, but I think it serves a sort of a long-term um, need. And and this year, everything that I've read, this is the year to get to get that tight end. Um, the year of cornerbacks and the year of tight end. 
Yeah, there's. The, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. To me, hands down, the position of need. If you're playing a three-four, you have Avery, Avery Williams in the middle. But who do you got next to him? You got what a 34-year-old linebacker uh, from Denver. What was his name? Help me out here. Wesley Woodyard. Uh, William, uh, yeah, Wesley Woodyard. Uh, he's you know 34 years old. Injuries. Um, you know, I, I think it's definitely you know free agency. All the money we have, I really hope we make a run at Dante Hightower. Yes. I think perfect sense. I think Logan Ryan makes perfect sense. And I really, really think Dre Kirkpatrick would be a steal in free agency as well. Uh, those are guys who are not going to break your bank, but those are three huge upgrades for the Titans with great veteran experience who are young and they will be, you know, long-term solutions for us. I hope we go after those three. Yeah, and if we, I, I agree. If, if we can't get if we can't get Drake Kirkpatrick, then then somebody else on a shorter term, uh, lower price deal, somebody like a Morris Claiborne, who maybe one of those one year show me deals. Yeah, yeah, Stephen Gilmore as well. Uh, but you know, as far as tight end, and, and and I just think you hit the nail on the head. Anybody who's watching Titan football knows, uh, especially with younger quarterbacks, they love their tight ends, and um, you know, there's so many great tight ends. But I think that's going to be available still in the third round. you got guys like Jake Butt, Evan Ingram, and then you even got this new sleeper coming up. I don't know if you've seen him yet. The six foot seven, 250-pound Yes. Athlete. Adam Shaheen uh, has been very impressive, a uh, huge sleeper. And if, if you have a fantasy football team you need to tie in late in the draft, if Adam Shaheen lands to the right team, good luck guarding him. Nobody, he's, he's like Gronk all over again. Yeah, yeah so that – it intrigues me. You mentioned these tight ends. Um, so if, if you're the Titans, the first priority, the first thing you have to think about is, is what helps Marcus Mariota. Um, and the Titans are a tight end heavy team. Um, but I just don't see, you know, the, the only tight end free agency that I really kind of thought the Titans might go after was, was Jack Doyle. And uh, he was re-signed today. Um, outside of that, really, your, your next option is, is to pull one of these receivers. Um, and, and Zach, maybe you can kind of help here. Alshon Jeffrey, Terrell Pryor, um, Brandon Cooks, maybe through a trade. Are there any receivers out there that are worth the Titans, you know, taking a look at? I don't. I personally don't care for any of them out there. That they yeah. like Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, the dude hasn't been able to stay healthy, you know, the past what two mm-hmm. years or so. I mean, he just I doesn't. I just feel like he's getting all this hype because of the market right now. There's just so much. Like he's basically the only big name out there, in my opinion. Besides everybody talking about Brandon Cooks and Terrell Pryor is just a wild card. Rob Rob Gall may have right. some better insight on him. What about Brandon yeah. Marshall? Yeah, man, yeah. Brandon Marshall is so old, and I, I that guy is to me. He feels like a locker room cancer. I don't. I just don't. I don't really see that as as a. He doesn't seem like a John Robinson guy. I agree with that. I feel like he's more of a possession receiver right now, too. Yeah, and if you're not going to attack um, wide receiver and, and free agency, then your, your next option is, is through the draft. And, Brian, I know you and I on, on the show before have talked about Mike Williams and Corey Davis. We've talked about John Ross. Of those three, who would you say – I mean, I have my opinion here, but who would you guys say of, of Williams, Davis, and Ross, if the Titans had to take one of those three receivers in the draft, who should they target? Corey Davis. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Corey Davis, too. I, I think Mike Williams could be Alshon Jeffrey, but I also think Mike Williams could be Laquan Treadwell, who did nothing in Minnesota last year and looks like he could possibly be a bust. Um, but I, I think Corey Davis, is he's a, a little quicker, uh, a little more explosive, a better route runner. Uh, he, he did everything he could against the – competition he faced he dominated them um but yeah the competition wasn't the best but you know you can't really hold that against him he, he really did dominate his competition um the the one knock on him i have been hearing is anytime he went up against some better teams like i think he went up against wisconsin uh maybe it was ohio state that they played at some point he didn't have as big of games but you know obviously those teams were completely game planning their entire they built their entire defensive game plan around him and in both of those games he still had something like I, I know in Wisconsin it was like seven catches for 80 yards or something like that so that's still pretty impressive when they 
build their entire game game plan around stopping him. So, I yeah, like I agree. Davis. I mean, he's I, I like Corey Davis a lot too. Uh, if you're going to go receiver early, um, he's he's a guy I think you could get it. You could almost get an 18. It just kind of depends on it's. It's sort of like with our fantasy drafts, right? Whoever's the first to take that IDP, then there's going to be a run on IDPs. The NFL draft always seems to be that way as well, with positions like receiver or offensive tackle. Um, once that dom that first domino drops, and you know if you're not picking around that first one, then you're not going to grab one. But um, I, I like Corey Davis. The argument about him um, not playing, you know, playing against competition, the MAC. Well, his quarterback was a Mac quarterback throwing to him. It's not like he had, you know, Tom Brady out there chucking it up on Saturdays. Um, I like Davis a lot. I just, I just don't know if it's that important to have a receiver to give that kind of value at a receiver for what Mike Malarkey's offense looks like. I, don't, I think that position or that need can be met in free agency. Um, or even later in the draft. I don't know if they have to if they have to draft that early at a receiver. I agree. Uh, you, My, you even have some later wide receiver guys too. Even like Cooper Cup, some of those guys that can yeah. you know and do the role as well. I, I, I'll tell you, you know, a wide receiver I might like more than any of them, and I, I probably should watch some more tape on him. I've just seen like the highlight tapes, but. The guy that I may like more than any of them is that Zay Jones from East Carolina. Have you guys seen any of him at all? Dude, Brian, you and I are like the same person because I, I love Zay Jones. Blazing fast. He's fast. He, he runs great routes. Uh, another guy that dominated the competition that he faced. Uh, and, you know, he had a really great combine. That is that is the one thing that's probably going to push him up draft boards. But... You know, if we could yeah. trade back and get a pick somewhere at the in, so around the beginning, within the fir- first 15 picks of the second round, I think that could be a guy that would be in play for us. Well, Zay, Zay Jones reminds me a lot of Tajay Sharp in just in terms of production. I mean, Zay Jones has the record for most receptions in a college career, uh, and Sharp last year had the most receptions um, in 2015. So I, I think those are those are John Robinson guys uh, in terms of just production. And uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing them take him uh, in a later round. Um, but my my draft crush, I kind of want you guys' thoughts on this. Um, Jacob Adams knows I've, I've talked about this with him countless times. But uh, dating back to two years ago during Alabama's win over Clemson, as soon as I saw this guy play, I said, the Titans, if they don't draft this guy a year and a half, two years from now, I'm going to be really upset. And that's O.J. Howard, the six foot five. 250-pound tight end from Alabama. Um, again, not a huge immediate need for the Titans, um, but with with what his skill set is and what the Titans try and do, uh, I mean, I, I think that'd be a huge value for them at 18. What are your thoughts? I love OJ. Yeah. I, I, I love a, OJ too. Uh, he's safe at 18, but the only thing is a lot of the scouting reports I've read says that when it comes to comparing Najoku and Howard, they feel that the ceiling on Njoku is just a little higher. That's my only knock. Is he is he really the best tight end in this class? Is my only thing. I'm kind of let's hold me back on him. I think OJ yeah. Howard's a little bit better of a fit for us. But Same. my thing about not taking OJ Howard, and I love OJ Howard, but my thing about not taking him is it's such a deep tight end class that I feel like you get more bang for your buck if you use one of your third round picks on a guy. Yeah, and I agree with that. I just, man, watching him play, he just he looks like the perfect fit in a Mike Malarkey offense, right? He he, he was the, the blocking tight end and the inline um, spot for for Derrick Henry, who broke all kinds of rushing records. I mean, this guy is a balanced as as balanced as they come, um, and it's just, man, you can't you can't not watch this guy, not see his his highlights from the combine, and think, man, I'd, I'd love to see that guy in, in two tone blue. I would be okay with a pick. Yeah. Well, you know, like we mentioned earlier, we've um, you know during our last show a couple weeks ago, we we did a position breakdown of, of wide receivers, um, and and this week what I wanted to uh, kind of break down are our running backs, um, and and just like we mentioned last time, there were a couple of wide receivers that we had mentioned, um, who you know, like Terrell Owens. This is the last episode we did was right after the Hall of Fame voting. And uh, T.O. got snubbed, 
Um, but there were two running backs who made it into the 2017 NFL Hall of Fame class. Uh, those two guys were LaDainian Tomlinson and Terrell Davis. Um, guys, you you probably weren't playing fantasy football when, when Terrell Davis was in the league, right? I definitely wasn't. I was. I was. I, I kind of think. Oh, really? Yeah, I kind of think that might have been one of our first years. It was. I mean, he uh, retired in 2001. Yeah, I, I don't think he was around when I first started playing. Because I remember the the first year that I played fantasy football was I guess it was 1999 because I uh, I picked up Kurt Warner off free agency and he was a nobody. There you go. I had well, Isaac I mean, Bruce, Kurt Warner, and Marshall Fogg, and they carried me to the championship game, and then I lost. <laughs> Greatest show on turf. Um, so L- LT and, and Terrell Davis, certainly we remember uh, LT's career. Uh, to, you know, play more recently. Um, first ballot Hall of Fame member, I mean, got voted in exactly five years after he retired. Let me just read you some of LaDainian Tomlinson's stats here. Five Pro Bowls. 13,684 rushing yards, 145 touchdowns, uh, 4,772 receiving yards, 17 touchdowns. And get this, in 2006, this is probably one of the greatest fantasy seasons I've, I've heard of. Um, he had 1,815 rushing yards on 28 touchdowns. 28 rushing touchdowns. 56 receptions, 508 yards, and three touchdowns. Oh, and guess who owned him in 2006 in our league? FBS. H&F, of course. Uh, I, I think I remember it. Was that, the, was that the year he had a game at Denver? It was a night game. He had a game at Denver where he just absolutely went off, and I think it was yeah. during our playoffs. You remember yeah, that? He, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that for sure. I don't know if it was that year or not, but I know we had him. Priest Holmes, you know, set that the record. I think it was like 24 yeah. rushing touchdowns in a season, and then two, three years later, uh, LT breaks that that single season record. So I just thought it was, you know, of course H and F owned uh, owned LT that year. Um, but what was crazy? Terrell Davis, though. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You tell your story. I was, no, I was just going to say what was crazy about LT was how quickly he dropped off the map, in my opinion, though. I mean, like, oh, yeah. it was just that's like, what, it was just like he got zapped and it was over. That's what well, happens got, with running backs, man. I mean, yeah. they just, you know, they can go from being, you know, elite top five one year to absolutely nothing the next. And you never know when it's going to happen. Sometime in their late 20s or early 30s usually, but, you know. So crazy. here's here's a trend. Here's a trend that I just put together. So there are three running backs that come to mind who just had stellar careers, and then as soon as they went to the New York Jets, it all just just went to dust. Chris Johnson, LT, and Matt Forte. That's the common denominator. You go to the, if you're a running back and you go to the Jets, you're, it's done. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think you can go back farther than that. And there've been some other running backs that the Jets have taken way past their prime. And yep. just it didn't pan out. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd believe it. Um, but but Terrell Davis, though, I mean, not not as illustrious a career. He's been eligible since 2006 for the Hall of Fame, and he just now got in. Um, three Pro Bowls in only seven seasons. I mean, that's impressive. But um, yeah, I mean, he only finished with 7,600 rushing yards. So you know, I wasn't I wasn't uh, I wasn't in that camp of people thinking, man. You know he's finally in. Thank goodness. You know I I just kind of that was kind of a meh vote for me. The fact that he got in over Terrell Owens is kind of a joke, but that's you know that's just one man's opinion. When was um, uh, hey? So, speaking of the Jets running back, was Danny Woodhead a Jet? I don't yeah. think so. Was he last year? No, he was a no, he's been he's a San Jets. Diego last year, but I, I do feel like he was a Jet at some point. I know he's with the Patriots. Did he go straight from the Patriots to the Chargers? Yeah, to the Chargers. I can't uh, remember. Zach is right. He started his career uh, as a Jet for three seasons. Oh, that's okay. right. And then he got cut, and then the the uh, Patriots made him into something. That's right. <laughs> Gosh, Man, I don't believe I don't remember that at all. Way to go, Jets! Yeah, classic, classic 
Patriots taking a white running back, a white receiver, and turn him into a star. Um, <laughs> speaking but, of uh, speaking, speaking of Danny Woodhead, uh, we got some other free agent running backs to uh, consider here. Pace, why don't you right. run on the list? Yeah, and there's, I mean, speaking of even just the, the Patriots and their running backs, um, two of their running backs are, are, are moving to the wire this year, uh, LeGarrette Blunt and Brandon Bolden. Uh, here's just a couple of other names. So the, the Vikings have two running backs as well that are contracts are expiring. Uh, Adrian Peterson, Matt Asiata, uh, Green Bay, you've got Eddie Lacy and James Starks. Uh, Jamal Charles was cut recently. Latavius Murray with uh, the Raiders. Um, Woodhead, like we mentioned, and just keeping it local, uh, Antonio Andrews. Probably not going to get re-signed by the Titans. Um, who are some of those names on that list that I, that I just mentioned that – you think will be re-signed by their team? It's, this Their team needs to re-sign them. Um, and where do you think that a guy like Adrian Peterson is going to go? I think the best chance of one getting re-signed by a team would be Latavius Murray. Agreed. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt's probably got a good shot too. But, uh, Rish, what do you think? Um, all I know is I think Peterson's going to the Pats. He offered the hometown discount. And uh, I think that's going to hurt Blount's uh, chance of getting re-signed. I was going to say Eddie Lacy has the best chance of going back. Um, they need to just let James Starks run away and never come back. <laughs> he is awful. Um, and I think LeGarrette Blunt is gone. Like, I don't think that he's going to come back. Uh, he's yeah. This is probably one of his best seasons. He's going to go cash in. I mean, he was floating around right. with what, the Steelers and then had this great year with uh, the Patriots, he's going to cash in. I could easily see Blunt going back to a team like the Buccaneers, who he was with for a few years there. Um, they really need a running back, man. Doug Martin had those personal issues late in the season. He's not the same back that he was. I, I think that the, the Buccaneers are definitely going to target a running back, either in free agency or the draft. And I could see Blunt going back to Tampa Bay. Uh, one guy, man, Jamal Charles, I really think that, He's just going to be kind of one of those guys who goes out to the pasture, which is a sad way to me for his career to end because he was so dominant for for so many years. Um, what do you done. guys think happens with Jamal Charles? You think he's done? I just don't see him. I mean, back to back torn ACLs. I just I just don't see. I don't I don't know what the end result is with him. I don't, I don't know what he's going to do. It, it depends. He has to go to an offense that's that's kind of catered to him and and. I just don't see uh, I don't see him being set up for success at all. Well, I was about to ask the question: Who would you rather start at? Who would you rather sign right now, Adrian Peterson or Jamal Charles? Peterson. Well, I mean, AP. Yeah, AP is a down, you know, a inline downhill kind of running back. At least Jamal Charles kind of has some some twitch to him and, and pass catching. Um, yeah. So I don't know, and I don't think Jamal Charles is, is going to come in with as many expectations as, as AP would. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think Jamal Charles will be done. He'll he'll land somewhere. It'll be interesting to see what happens, though. I mean, it's tough coming back from those surgeries for sure. I'll say this as a Titans fan. I mean, obviously, we really don't need a running back, but let's just say that we did. I wouldn't believe in any of these guys, nor would I believe in just about any free agent running back ever any veteran free agent running back ever. I just don't, I don't like signing guys that have worn a lot of the tread off their tires already. I don't like giving them money. Uh, best example for us has been CJ when we definitely should not have given him all that money. And I, I just don't like giving running backs that much money. Yeah. And, and an even better example of, of bringing in a, you know, a veteran free agent would be Sean green. I mean, that guy played what four games for the oh, Titans. Oh gosh, that guy was terrible. That was a joke. He was a jet so, too. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, what do you guys think they do with Antonio Andrews? I, for some reason, I just get the sense that that they'll they'll keep him because of his special teams role, and he's kind of a local kid. Um, I I would not mind seeing him leave at all, though. I I would be surprised if they kept him. Um, I, I I don't think that I think that was kind of a John Robinson holdover where. Or, Malarkey. Who was it that really liked Antonio Andrews? Um, the Malarkey um, thing? Wizenhunt liked him a lot. Uh, well, regardless, I, I don't think there's anybody around that really 
still likes him a lot and thinks that he's going to. Yeah, he's great on special teams, but you can get a lot of different guys that are good on special teams and, you know, maybe play some other position and then get somebody in there, whether through the draft or, or a rookie free agent who can be more of a um, possible pass-catching running back. Because that's the only thing, a third-down style back that, uh, maybe some kind of scat back that that uh, that's what we don't really have. Well, either way, the Titans aren't going to start the season with with just two running backs on the rosters. So they got they have to find a third back, and I really wouldn't mind seeing them do it in the sixth or seventh round of, of the draft. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there is is definitely where uh, where I where I think we should be starting to look at running backs. However, I'll tell you my man crush among the, uh, the the running backs in the NFL draft this year, and he's starting to move up too much, and there's there's no way that we would even think about using this type of pick on him. But my man crush is Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, the McCaffrey, I liked him before. Dante Foreman's moving up a little bit more for me. McCaffrey, I was a little turned off by what was it? Eight bench press? Is that what it was? Yeah, but the bench press for a running back is so overrated. It's just one of those things that doesn't matter all that much. The the much bigger deal to me. Big guys. Uh, yeah, but no, nobody's nobody's expecting Christian McCaffrey to be the uh, the ISO block for the quarterback kind of back. He's going to be, you know, probably kicked out in motion probably every time he's on the field anyway. He's essentially going to be a slot receiver. Here, here's what I here's what I love about McCaffrey. Uh, the the drill, the three-cone drill, which is just a total agility and quickness drill, the top times for running backs were uh, 6.99 seconds at number five, 6.93, 6.86, 6.82, all grouped in there together, and then you have McCaffrey way down at 6.57. That guy, he has elite quickness and shiftiness in space, and incredible they said he just put on an absolute drill in the uh, in the pass catching he looked like as good as any of the receivers so i think whoever yeah. does get him if they know how to use him he's going to be an absolute stud and and i'll say this now i don't know if we were if we were going to go here with this uh, question but i think if he goes to the right team that could be your guy that could be your guy that will be have the biggest fantasy impact in the league this year. Yeah, especially the Pats. Good point. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't, you know, I wouldn't want the Titans to go that high at, at the running back position. I mean, that that would be laughable, um, and a lot of people's eyes, mine included. Um, but just you know, that you kind of led into my next point. Looking at the the top four, these the you guys, I think would agree. These are considered the top four. Uh, running backs right now in the draft, starting from the top, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, uh, Christian McCaffrey, and Alvin Kamara from Tennessee. Um, and then from that moment on, it's it's kind of those four and then everybody else from what I've been uh, kind of reading so far. But here, here are the 40 times from the combine for those guys. So Fournette out of LSU, he's six foot, and he showed up 240 pounds, um, still ran a 4.51. Um, pretty good speed for that size. Uh, Cook from Florida State, he's 5'10", 210 pounds, ran a 4'49", uh, not terrible. McCaffrey, like Brian was saying, blazing speed, he's 5'11", 202, and he ran a 4'48". Uh, Kamara from Tennessee, 5'10", 214, he ran a 4'56". And uh, just picking, to kind of round it out, I, I picked a fifth back, and this, he had the fastest 40 time among running backs. TJ Logan from North Carolina ran a 4'37". Um, and that's a guy that you could get later in like probably the fourth or fifth round. Um, not saying the Titans even need to, to go that high, um, but man, Logan's Logan's got quick twitch kind of Chris Johnson speed. Have you guys seen any other running backs outside of those five that kind of spark your interest at all? Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't I haven't looked a whole lot at running backs just because that hasn't been you know anything that I'm looking at at the draft is typically from a Titans perspective and. That's not one of our huge needs, and so I haven't been looking at it very hard. Plus, I always kind of feel like uh, running back is a position where if, if you've got a good scouting staff, 
you can a lot of times find a guy who is an undrafted free agent or is a really late round pick that that um, can can work out for you. Uh, maybe not a three down, you know, an every down running back, but somebody who can who can be a change of pace guy. And you know, it's it's another one of those where the the Patriots have always had a guy that, and a part of it is Brady, of course, but the Patriots have always had a guy that, you know, probably typically isn't a high round pick, um, and and they've made him work, they've made him serviceable, and you know, John Robinson was on those scouting staff, so I I trust him to to find one of these guys late that can maybe contribute for us. Okay, so so let me propose the question this way, and, and Rish or Zach, either of you guys can, can answer this, but, um, you know, if, if you're John Robinson and you're Mike Malarkey, if you're drafting a, a Titans running back, you know, the Titans have clearly established that identity of, of power backs, Murray and Henry kind of built from the same mold. As your third running back, who's really not going to see the field that much, what are you looking for? Are you looking for a change of pace kind of back, or are you looking for somebody that's really similar to Henry and Murray in that uh, that kind of that power mold, because I feel like the change of back thing, the change of pace, um, third down running back, they went down that road with with Dexter McCluster and didn't really uh, didn't really work out. Right, go ahead, buddy. I would say yeah, I'd go with the the power back because Dexter McCluster was basically non-existent for us, and there was even a little bit of hype, you know, wondering what he would do. But so I, w- I would have to say power. I agree with you, Zach. I think you got to take the best, uh, the, actually, the best running back available. Um, you know, it's not like I, I wouldn't just call Murray just a power back. He, he's an every down back. Um, you know, same with Henry. I think he's a guy to get there every down back. I, I don't really think you have to have a change of pace or anything. They obviously work. Uh, great average yard per carry. So really, you don't need that change of pace guy. Yeah, and like like Brian was saying, um, how he kind of felt like some some running backs like McCaffrey and people shot up the board uh, with their performance at the combine. Um, Sam P. Ryan, who was a backup running back at, at Oklahoma uh, behind Joe Mixon, that's a guy who is is really similar and comparable to uh, to Derrick Henry and Marco Murray. But man, I I think he's going to be taken in probably the second or third round, which would be way too high uh, for the Titans. I agree. Yep. But that kind of that kind of. I, I got to blew my mind. I found this out today. I got to know if you guys actually this. Talk about guys you didn't even know who were still alive. Julius Peppers is still playing football. How is this possible? Yeah. <laughs> Seventeen years. He's thirty-eight years old. How is he alive? Where's he at? Unbelievable. <laughs> Green Bay still hey, right. Putting up double-digit yeah. numbers. Double digits. He's a freak. He was a freak when he came out. He's probably, I mean, for 38 years old, he's probably still a freak. When, when that guy went to college, Wake Forest was, was just Wake Tree. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> hey, wow. Hey, Rich, did I you, wanted uh, to... Did you, can, long, I, can I ask one question? You, can I ask yeah. one question? Rich, did you mention that entire spiel about, <laughs> about him just so you could make that joke? <laughs> Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay. Well, that hey, that rounds out the running backs. I feel like we've kind of hit um, we've hit everything we need to as, as far as the running backs and certainly the receivers um, from last week. Um, guys, do you have anything, Rich? I wanted to give you the the floor to talk about your guy, Dane Brugler. What, what's he saying right now? Basically, what he said was, I'm just going to wrap up what he said. His two things. He said uh, there's it's a total toss-up between Jamal Adams and Malik Hooker. He said there's not a better safety between the two. He said especially since uh, Hooker's not at the uh, combine. Um, also, the other response he said is he thought that Najoku had a higher ceiling, along with many of the other scouts in the at the combine, thought that Najoku had a higher ceiling than uh, O.J. Howard. Me personally, I think Howard would have uh, a bigger impact on the Titans. Uh, than the Joku would. All right, Brian. Closing thoughts. Uh, nothing really. 
Glad to have Rish on board for this. It's good to hear his voice and his poor jokes. <laughs> I've got one thing. We'll, we'll do. I mean, we have. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Uh, just some, just some breaking news for Jordan Iwanis, and not really breaking, but he just needs to be aware that Calais Campbell is unlikely to resign with the Cardinals and uh, is firmly on the radar of the Broncos. So, uh, just, just wanted to let him know. You heard it here first. Yep, because we all know he's going to draft him again for the, you know, whatever year in a row. <laughs> Zach, I know you have a tweet of the week. I don't have one this week, but uh, go ahead, give yours. Oh yes, uh, this this comes from some guy named Jordan Pace at Jordan Pace thirteen. It says, "quote Imagine buying a nice hat from the from Lids and then throwing it on the ice. It's sad." And this was uh, apparently TP watching the Prez game after a hat trick. <laughs> yeah. So, can it be a tweet of the week if it, every week it's just one of my tweets? Is it? Should we just start calling? It <laughs> I'm sorry, man. If it's got TP in there, I'm gonna pick it. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, man. Okay. So in hockey, like, those of you who don't watch hockey, whenever you know, whenever a team scores a hat trick, it's you know tradition for fans to throw the hats on the ice. And we were watching a game together, my dad and I, and. Uh, one of the Preds players got a uh, got a hat trick, and Dad saw the the hats being thrown. He just started shaking his head. And he just said, "He's like, it's just it's it's just so sad. It's such a shame. They're just. I mean, imagine going to Lids and buying these brand new twenty dollar hats and just getting rid of it. It's just so sad. It's sad. TP. Yeah. And then hey, you Lid, got a shout Lid, out from Lids. That's pretty good, you know. Yeah, Lids Lids wrote me back, man. It was pretty good. Yeah, Lids says. Those hats fulfilled their destiny. They will be missed. And then they posted, posted some gif of somebody crying, I guess, or something. But, I mean, Liz isn't throwing out mentions to everybody, so that's pretty good. Wait, wait, wait. Are, are you being are you being sincere? Did Liz actually respond to this? Because that's amazing. Yeah, they did. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's great. Yep. TP got Liz. They should probably sponsor him or something. That'd be great. All right, Rish, do you have do you have a joke that's just sitting in the can that you're ready to, to give out? This is your last opportunity. Um, you know, I, I really don't. I, I I'm 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 completely joked out. Um, I got nothing. I, I just I want to see the Titans win. That's no joke. No joke. That's no joke. Ready for a Titans winning season. All right, guys. That's everything that I have, Brian, Zach. Any last words? That's it. Yep, take it out. Draft next month. <laughs>